I don't know many women who wanted to have a kid and didn't want to work after that. Um, mm. I definitely don't fit in that bracket. The concept of a high value man is to shoulder and is to carry the brunt and to be the general. And I think more so what I'd like to see is joint leadership and then joint respect for what each person is bringing to the table. fascinating because I think a lot of people would assume from the clips they've seen of you that you're asking women to settle for less, no. to lower their standards or to be more realistic about their potential for partners. And then as a result, to look within a pool that they would consider less than what they see, you know, for themselves. My content is openly, I say I'm making it for the men who want to be in the top 10%, of, top 20% of men who want to get in the top 10%, 5%, 1%. We just haven't talked about the logistics of it. But actually, high-value man puts a lot of pressure on men. It's fascinating because to hear about, you know, the concept the concept of a high-value man is to shoulder and is to carry the brunt and to be the general. And I think more so what I'd like to see is joint leadership and then joint respect for what each person is bringing to the table. I think that even comes down to sex, right? So if I can acknowledge your sex drive and what you bring and what you know, and I want that information and I want, because I'm not, my agenda isn't to kill it or kill the pussy in the bedroom or to dominate in the bedroom, it's to have great sex. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to have great sex, if you got something and I got something, we can both bring something, we can collectively create a better experience. And so I'm thirsty for your knowledge and I wanna catch up and I want you to be thirsty for my knowledge. I want you to wanna catch up to where I'm at. We're both exchanging as tourists and as tour guides in the bedroom, mm -hmm. rather than like putting the responsibility for men to say, well, you've got to be the leader. You've got to be the one to be mm -hmm. the sexual advocates. You have to be the one to be the sexual conquests because maybe you don't, or maybe you do get to be that on Tuesday, but on Wednesday, you allow your partner to take over. Even financially, I do feel that way. I feel that the concept of, I want a person who makes X mm -hmm. should be shifted to I want to be in a partnership where we can make X. Well, this is where the conversation gets into, I didn't make, this is what I'm responding to the market. Most women will say they don't want a high value man, but then they want a luxury lifestyle that come along with it. They say they don't want? Yeah, because high value man has become a, now it's because it's so much out there. Now they're like, I don't necessarily want a high value man. Then I'll ask a couple of questions. I'm like, okay, well, do you want to be married? Yeah. You want children? Yeah, how many? Two, three, which one? Two or three? Three, do you want to have to work to pay significant bills after you're pregnant and married with the first child? No. Okay. What percentage of our family financial load do you want to have to be responsible for for a lifetime? Less than 20, 15, usually 10%. I'm like, well, and how much money would a man need to be able to facilitate a family, a wife, three children? Do you want your kids to be able to go to college? Would you like to be able to travel nationally? The lifestyle they describe is a is an upper class lifestyle. I'm like, well, you don't get that on fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's a disconnect. Well, like a fod because the way that you broaden it out in those six points, it sounds undeniable that anybody, even if the financial component wasn't what you were leading with, you want a man who has impact, who's got morals, who's got a social network. So right, you want a man who has a life and who has a legacy. Yeah, it puts a lot of onus on men to not just be worried about, you know. Um, self. You have to be, you want to call yourself a leader than this. Life has always been valued 
The opinion has always been on. She's not a stepford wife. And they work together, inseparable, with a better outcome for them and the legacy. But at the end of the day, as nice as partnership sounds, a decision in, has to be made. And we have to go one way or another. And I think what I've seen, I've honestly been, most women want the responsibility after they had their opinion, their point of view to be considered, which way do we go? Generally, most women say they want their men to do that. What they don't want is they don't want to not be considered. They don't want you to just say, I do this because I'm man. No. And and all of that gets whittled down to high value. People have taken high value men and made it a bumper sticker, mm. which I'll take that. Right. Uh, but then you sit down and have conversations about it. And does it fit? Everybody? No. And also, I'll say this. I put that over here. And I advocate strongly for what I consider people in the middle, average. Because most people, the bell curve, are average. And where the biggest disconnect is right now is average men are not desired by women that are average. Women have openly said, I would rather be in a rotation of a man of high value than to get with a man and do the things we're talking about building. So what do we tell men here in the middle? That's the that's that's the big that's the unheard part of the conversation. These guys are starting to feel unheard, unacknowledged, and unmotivated because what is a life for a man who can go work to be a cog in the machine? You're starting to see a lot of guys saying, "Well, if I'm not going to have a career where I'm making six figures or more, why do I need to go to college and get all that debt? I can't have her anyway." Mm-hmm. So it's not as though men are. So when we say men aren't going to college, we don't ask why they're not. I think a lot of assumption is we need to motivate them. Guys are reading the tea leaves in the dating marketplace. And now in the last couple of years, what they're seeing is starting to be said, well, why is this? Now that's where we are. Because I thought a lot of the same things too. Why is this not happening until I start hearing the stories? It's interesting as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking to myself, a lot of the anecdotes of women that you're describing don't relate to me and they don't relate to women I'm friends with or that I know or to frankly my audience and so Mm -hmm. then I'm like what we're doing is we're having discussions about traditional desires versus maybe more of a modern mindset Mm -hmm. but then we're just using binary terms so we're Mm -hmm. saying men and women so Mm -hmm. you've got modern women who are criticizing your approach but it's really the genuine truth of some women Mm -hmm. I don't know many women who wanted to have a kid and didn't want to work after that Mm -hmm. um I Definitely don't fit in that. My child gives me a why, she gives me meaning, and I love being a mom, but the purpose that I get from working is just a completely different energy. And I know that many women feel the same, but they feel a passion and they feel an excitement towards what they do for a living, what they offer. And so there's no desire to let that go once you've now, you know, achieved another level of success intimately. So I just, in reflecting on that too, I just, often I find that Men who want a modern woman, a modern, modern, want a traditional woman, are criticizing modern women as part of the problem, and women who want more of a modern man are criticizing the traditional and saying that this is the issue. Well, that's what I liked what you said about the Facebook group that you have, yeah. where you're taking people who've got similar. Well, I did my values. own. I only took my. Own, I took my own test because I heard. I, I thought a lot of the things you said, and then I put them in the room, and I said they operate the same. The, the, human beings sort ourselves nicely when we are left alone. When we talk about this social engineering, the Netherlands, one of the most egalitarian societies on the planet, 
Men are sorting themselves into the science, engineering, technology, math, science, technology, engineering, math, industrial jobs. Women are starting to be overrepresented in healthcare, uh, education, things like that, because it's about choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to focus on, on something you're saying, our audiences. You have a college-educated female audience. That's who made me famous. Because those are the, when I was doing 30,000, that's who's in the audience. That's who was calling in. Especially before Average at Best. Average at Best happened, uh, 20. So around November of 2020. For an entire year, I had been talking to other women. And that million plus on Instagram and on YouTube, I look at the numbers. And I get the message. I get the messages. I see them when I'm out and about. They are college-educated bachelors. Masters. That's what the whole soundboard. I'm a PhD. If I went to show you the messages, how many women? Yes, I can do this. I love my career. But when asked, do you want to have to work? The answer almost 100 percent of the time comes back. No. Talking about PhD. Well, that's why the Lotto 649 is a multi-billion dollar industry that never die. The idea and the fantasy of early retirement, I think, is well, interesting to everybody doesn't mean that you would exercise that i think given the option and if you see if i, I always yeah, even that that question of like how many kids do you want when you have one make a decision on how many more you want from there but we're also but we're also we're also not working in corporate america either i'm talking about women who are ivy league educated phds attractive women who will tell you right now i can date this guy that i want to be a housewife mm. or, or i want to not have to work doing this because they're doing so much emotional labor. They're giving the the nurture, the thing that a lot of women would like to be able to give to a relationship to a job. That's why I was surprised when I asked the question, would you quit your full-time job to work part-time for your man? And normally I have a lot of views, but not comments. Black women in particular, you would have thought I was a different influence. I'm like, so while there are women in this space, or there are women who find a lot of uh, value from their careers. It's not, well, you, we're typically on this side of the camera. We've also seen a rise in stay-at-home dads, right? So the, now there's the notion that we're understanding that women's work is just as important or sometimes more important. And there's a lot of studies actually show that that balance actually works, that when the man stays home and looks after the child, and that, that could be logical for that partnership. So I, and I love the fact that there are women. I think that's kind of the thing too, is that traditional women or men in a certain space look at it like I'm trying to discourage women mm-hmm. from leaning into that. If your biological drive is to stay home and to nurture and you want to do what your great grandmother did, because there's beauty in that, that's wonderful. I just don't know if that is the one size fits all story that we should say majority of women want to subscribe to. Well, okay. There always will be the anecdotal. What percentage of women, if you if you had to look at the sample size of women who are marrying age, would want to stay at home dad? I'm not sure, but about that because there's still a lot of emasculation, and we still have an issue with our definition of masculinity, and women still have to get over that. There's still a lot of work to do with women asking for men to be one thing and then putting themselves in a position to be good recipients of that, a la vulnerability. So I would flip the question and say, how many women want to stop working after having a child? How many women want to make massive sacrifices to their career as a result of having a family versus how many women want to integrate and do both? 
Well, most women don't have careers. They have jobs. Yeah. Most people don't have careers. They have jobs. So, again, I think we're talking about... But I think people have visions. I think people have passions. I think that's what we do have now is even if you are in a job, you have a passion for or pursuit for a career. It's not... Well... I, I just said this anecdotally. I would have to see stats, but I reflectively don't relate to the woman who's not interested in her personal footprint and legacy. And I don't know a lot of women whose aspiration is to have children and have a man look after her. I'm and not. Then, I'm not saying that they want to do that. I'm just looking. Like I said, this is where I pull in the stats, the numbers. Fifty percent, seventy-four percent of our women are making less than fifty thousand. So whatever a career is. Where the rubber meets the road, a family still has to be raised. Yes. So, in the, in the United States, 20 to 30% of people are business owners. So that means 70 to 80% have jobs. Aspirations are not, but one of the biggest reasons why so many women can't quit in this great resignation is because they don't have partners in which to do anything. So, it's about choice. When Now, this is where I think... Um, a lot of people almost come in line saying high value men because we're almost having a, what many people consider an elite conversation. Uh, and we're talking about people with college degrees and businesses, this and that, and that's not the majority of folks. So um, the bigger question, I think, is for the people who don't have those choices, we're starting to see a decline in the middle class where I, I will I will ask women, okay, if you can't have a high value man, okay, and you are and you would give you and a woman as yourself, you would say you're an average earner, you have a college degree, and you have average everything, okay. But could you be with an average man and work with him and be his wife and y'all have your kids and family? And every time I I'm not gonna why, when I talk to women, 90 plus percent of the time the answer is no. Mm-hmm. I got to do all that. I'll be by myself. So what are we telling men that? It's also the way you positioned it. If you positioned it now, you're with a partner who gives you space to pursue because they're taking care of the home. You're with a partner who is supportive of of you. Your partner is. They're both working. But if your partner's taking on the brunt of, because maybe you have a passion project. So we're saying what's important to you as an individual will be amplified within this relationship. It's going to alleviate pressure for you. There's person's going to be supportive of you. Maybe they'll work for you part-time that. So I think if the notion is well, you what have I'm to saying do is all both this. Of these people are working. They don't have, see, I, we're still going to their work. For, I'm talking about coming from Oklahoma where you work at the plant. I, I think I've the way that I heard it, let me just interpret it back to you and see if I misunderstood. But it sounded as if, well, if you have to take on the financial responsibility and if you're the person who's in the lead and you have to make all the decisions and you're with somebody who has a trade who's making less, is that a relationship that you want? No, no. What I'm saying is you're you're a teacher. You're making 50000 He's a plumber. He's making 50000 Okay? You're able to live your life and take care of yourself. And he's able to live his life, take care of himself. Could you be together and have a, a family? If you still got to live your life, you still got to work. And even if you have children, you still got to work. He still has to work. You get FMLA, the 13 weeks off, and then you guys do whatever you do. You you work it out like most middle-class people. And overwhelmingly, 
women say, no, if I have to work as hard or harder when I'm married, then I'll stay single. So that makes me sad. And this is happens on and this is and this is what so many of my critics and detractors don't realize. It's like, well, what are we telling men they're worth? This is why this high value man thing is is taking us such a virulent thing with so many men because the market, in this case, women have said, what about a life? Does somebody chronicle your life to build with legacy? Uh, you know, you don't get to travel to Paris, but Disneyland. I don't want Disneyland. And I'm like, well, what are we telling people? Based upon what I've lived in my life and seen, uh, I know plenty of women who have said, you know, they want to work and have their career. The reality has been they want the option to not have to. And then if they have their passion project, so they want to do something, they want to be, but they don't want, they don't want, um, that if they're not bringing it in, that they lose the house, the car, the this, the that. And the thing is, if you're telling men that that's the outcome you want, um, you shouldn't have a demand or an expectation because what it appears to be from what the hundreds or thousands of conversations I had is that women want everything. And most people can't afford that. And that's what I want to get down to. It's like, well, ladies, if you want a man who can provide a luxury lifestyle, do you want everything else that comes along with that? You may not see him as much, especially if they're corporate. We're having these conversations. And here's the reality. The men who can provide the kind of lifestyle, uh, I will just say this. If 10% of men or less can provide that lifestyle, 50% or more, 50% or more of women want that lifestyle. The numbers don't match. Mm -hmm. So if you can't get the 10%, what are you willing to do? And that gets translated into settling. I'm be honest. A lot of times men are hearing they have to settle. Cool. If you got all the things you wanted, what is he going to get? Mm. Me. And if we flip the script, there's no way in Hades you're going to tell me that this woman would think it would be she should settle for an average guy. Mm. She'd want someone on her level. So this is what men are saying. We Men are saying, if it's all right for women to want the best, then we should want what we're worth. And now that's where the war started. And I'm trying to tell people that you're not in this environment. It's, it's an, elite, an elite top 10, top 20, top 15, top 10%. Where are you really at? And adjust yourself. And that's why the video went so viral. Her choice was, if I don't get this, I get nothing. That's why this has become such a contentious conversation because it's so extreme. And I think maybe this is why I don't find this conversation to be productive because I don't I don't feel personally inspired by it. I don't feel like I've gained anything. When I was talking to you about the Facebook group, because the basis of a bond is proximity, similarity, and attraction. Mm -hmm. So if you can offer proximity mm -hmm. and then you can put people who are similar together and then attraction is a thing that's kind of the variable, yeah. you're likely to get these matches. But if we're instead we're focused on who deserves what and who should be getting what and who's asking for what. And then we're using very binary terms like men and women, but we're really talking about very different groups to your point. So I've, if I'm having a conversation about women, but to your, I'm talking about a very small minority of mm -hmm. women who are certain education level, and that's not who you're talking about. You're talking about an Oklahoma based woman who wants to be a stay at home mom. Well, we're I, trying to I, pretend I, we're having the same dialogue, but we're, we're really not. And then in the result of that, we're pissing people off, but then nobody's actually feeling empowered to better themselves and find a connection. We're talking, what I'm talking about is hey, both groups. 
And that's why I said, where are the matchmakers and the people who are supposed to facilitate this? Because this Facebook group I started was just to see what would happen. Yes. And it proved it can happen. There was something that used to be back in the day called First Friday. Have you heard that? First Friday? Yes, but I would like an explanation because I mean, first have the right thing. back. Okay. So back in the late 90s, early 2000s, in any city in the United States, they had clubs, they had hip hop clubs, jazz clubs, all this. You didn't, what, what are we going tonight? What's the hot spot? Everybody's trying to figure out where to go. And, you, and it's like a, a, a rolling of dice. They came up with a concept called First Friday. They said, the first Friday is every month. We're going to we're gonna throw a party at the most happening place in L.A. or in Dallas. And there's going to be a jazz room, a hip-hop room, an R&B room. And what would happen is you only had to go out one time. And you had all these places. These places were happen doing 3,000, 5,000 people. So it's like people were getting, instead of going out every weekend and happy hour and drinking, they'd go out the first Friday and they were finding people because people were motivated to go get the outcome. We're incentive-based. So um, we can have the conversations, but we also need opportunities in person, mm -hmm. virtual, like the mix to happen because what you and I may do because we're content creators, minor social scientists, we, we're set up different than most people. They don't really want to have all these conversations. They just want to get to the, to the relationship. Um, so that's where we're at now, trying to take it into the real world. And the philosophy class is one of the most frustrating classes because the closer you get to the end of first year philosophy, the more questions you have in second year and third year. By third philosophy class, you stop taking philosophy. Yes. You know why? Because it's all a question. That's the basis of it, right? That's say, the, yeah. But, but, you, but you get comfort. It's like war games. The best way to win is not to play, to get down to tic-tac-toe. Uh, old school movie, look it up. Global thermonuclear war. You cannot go to war because everybody dies. So the computer learned the only way to win is not to play. And whatever we call it, I want you, you want me, let's make a deal. And then right off into the sunset or the hills or whatever we do. I'm serious. I, I'm so dead serious. We are not that complicated. We go together. We do. We yes. go together. And we want to be together. So I think this has been great, honestly. No, I had a phenomenal time. I learned a lot. And um, I think that more than anything, I hope people affirm and champion the female orgasm. We touched upon it. We didn't go very deep into it, but oh, yeah, affirm and champion the female yes. orgasm. Matt, that's a great place to end. No need to say.